Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, this is Kong Song with Believe in SDSU Basketball here on the Believe Podcast Network. This is San Diego's number one sports podcast network where you can get a show for every team in San Diego and more. We believe in our teams and do you believe? On this episode, we're going to review how San Diego State basketball did against Wyoming and UNLV and preview the upcoming games against New Mexico and Utah State. So here we go. So we're going to start off with the women. Uh, They kept, or I'm sorry, they began last week with a very tough 67 to 81 loss at Wyoming on the 22nd. Uh, They weren't able to stop the 6-2 sophomore from the Czech Republic, Teresa Vitilova, who dropped 30 points and pretty much had her way against this Aztecs defense. Um, Taylor Kalmer did her best with 20 Sophia Ramos pitched in with 13 but if you kind of look at the stats and get the sense of the game you notice that sort of the shooting percentages are very similar except for the free throw line the Aztecs were 8 of 14 for the game Wyoming while Wyoming was a whopping 18 for 22 so you sort of factor in the amount of misses the Aztecs had in addition to the 10 more free throws Wyoming made, and that pretty much sums up the difference. Uh, so if you do a little more digging, you'll notice that the Aztecs just weren't able to stay away from fouls. 18 total fouls for the game, 12 turnovers. You'll take a look at the other side. Wyoming committed only 11 fouls and kept a relatively clean sheet with just six turnovers for the entire game. So... Didn't start off on the right foot, but did end the week on a right foot. Um, coming back at home against UNLV this past Saturday and winning with a 48 to 39 victory. Um, this one, the defense was able to clamp down, hold the running rebels to 24.2% shooting for the game, which includes 0 for 11 from downtown. And I think. It's safe to say that anytime you hold your opponent to 24.2% of anything and 0 for 11 from anything in any sport, really, you're going to have a chance to win. So they started off really strong, allowing just 12 points in the first half, getting some of that home cooking. Um, it wasn't to say that the Aztecs were perfect. I mean, there were only two women in double figures with 10 points apiece in Taylor and Monique Terry. So it it isn't necessarily coming out and saying, you know, the Aztec women play like gangbusters, but it is 
exciting to see sort of this heartbreaking loss, this tough loss in Wyoming. It's historically a tough place to play and then come back and bounce back with a performance like that at home. That one and one record in the past week puts him at four and six overall in the conference. They thankfully didn't drop any um, positions. They're still in seventh place and it should be an exciting or more positive outcome this coming week. Uh, this Wednesday on the 29th, they're playing against New Mexico, which is just right below them at three and six in the Mountain West. And on Saturday, February 1st, they're traveling to Utah State, who is last, and they've only won one game in the conference. So, you know, from, uh, from, I would say, like on paper, you would expect the Aztecs to come out and win both of those games that week, which would be huge. Um, but if you kind of take a look at the standings and see who's on top and can anybody move, I think basically at this point, you just have to stay in the top nine and get in the conference tournament. And again, it's, it's building that momentum, that building good habits. The fact that they're able to bounce back and win shows some resiliency in these women, which is great. And you just want to be able to be able to overcome any uh, set of challenges. And as long as those challenges throughout the season vary and you can overcome different ways and find different ways to win, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, it kind of bodes well better in the long run than, you know, always kind of being stuck at the same problem over and over again. So, Shout out to the women. Good job bouncing back. Let's go 2-0. and Let's keep, let's keep working. And holding on over to the men, the undefeated streak continues. 21-0 now set the new school record. Um, last week I mentioned that I thought they had a chance at the top five. They ended up fourth. They're currently still in fourth. They started off the week against Wyoming with some home cooking 72 to 55 a win 72 to 55 on a Tuesday. So if I'm not mistaken, I think it was originally scheduled for Wednesday, but I believe they might've flexed it just based on the, the streak that the Aztecs are on. And I would say that as this winning streak continues and the season grows, you can expect that to be the case moving forward. They limited Wyoming to just 19 first half points. They have, I mean, and Wyoming's no scrub. You know, Hunter Maldonado is fifth in the conference at about 17 points a game, just a shade under that. And they're able to hold him for seven the entire game and for seven turnovers. Um, you know, they kind of continue this streak of limiting the number of threes that the opponents make. So Wyoming was just shooting 30% from long range. And on the flip side, you're seeing this Aztec team figure out its identity and playing very unselfishly. Four Aztecs in double figures, Malachi leading the way, 18 points, five rebounds, five assists. And if you look on sites like ESPN and their bracketology, you see San Diego State as a one seed in the tournament. Now that's, unprecedented that's crazy i mean i think Kawhi's run was probably the most memorable run in school history that 
that I could think of. And I think they were a three seed. So for them to potentially be with a one seed on the line is bonkers. I mean, they're technically considered a mid-major. So a mid-major one seed, that's that's usually reserved for a school like Gonzaga. And now here we are. I mean, that's overwhelmingly positive. If you take a look at sort of the post-game interviews in the after the Wyoming game, Coach Dutch sort of highlights how important um, passing is, especially with the bigs. And I think I highlighted it in the first episode, just sort of the motion that they go through. It's a lot of pick and pop, dribble handoff. And in those two motions, whether it's a pick and pop, as an example, somebody like Yanni has the option to shoot. And depending how the defense plays them, pump fake and drive or swing and initiate a dribble handoff. And then even in the dribble handoff, if you see a defender sort of cheat, then you have to worry about, okay, should is my guy going to you know cut towards the rim then bounce at Tim or is he going to try to take it over the top a little higher so that you can fake the dribble handoff and drive right by him I mean there's a, a lot of things that's going to happen you have to make snap decisions in short periods of time so that definitely is important you know to, to Duchess coach Duchess point and you look at sort of interviews with the different players, whether it's Matt Mitchell or Malachi, Malachi or KJ. Um, everyone's just talking about, we just want to win and play as a team. And obviously I'm paraphrasing, but this mindset that these kids have is amazing. It's definitely something to be very, very hopeful and very optimistic about. But with all that being said, since 2010, so since the, for the last decade, there were 10 teams that started 20 and 0, which is, which was their record after beating Wyoming. And all 10 made the tournament, but only four out of those 10 made it to the elite eight at the very least. So it's still overwhelmingly possible that their first weekend exit, like we can't just rest our laurels here and be like, happy that they just won and set school records we have to keep it pushing we have to treat this undefeated record as if it doesn't exist which is ridiculously difficult because people like me everybody else can't stop talking about it and understandably so it's just about finding that balance and hopefully the boys are able to band continue to band together and build that rapport build that camaraderie that can help shut off a lot of noise like this. Um, and then they traveled to UNLV and followed it up with a very, very close 71 to 67 win. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think it was my understanding, if I remember correctly, everything was, it was close throughout the entire game. So it was a grinded out type of win. Trey Pulliam. Game of a lifetime, 18 points off the bench on a perfect six for six shooting. They were able to win in the arenas that matter. 18 of 21 from the free throw line for the game. The running Rebels were 11 for 17. Boom, there's a difference there. Or a second difference, first one being Trey. And UNLV has 
two of the top 10 leading scorers, Bryce Hamilton, who went off for 29, and Amari Hardy, who was able to, who the Asics were able to help defend with just one for six shooting and three turnovers. So um, after that victory in Unalvi, that's sort of what set the record. A 99-year program, just the best start in school history, so almost a century's worth of basketball being played and this version of um, the Aztecs have been by far and away the best, which is, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's it's insane. Like I, I never would have expected going to San Diego State that I would say one day I'm going to witness one of the greatest runs in program history. You know, you always you always kind of like hope for it, and you always kind of talk about it, but you don't really get to live it all the time. You know, it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um, you know, it, it is a grinded out win and you, you ideally probably would want, you know, the Aztecs to ex- execute, win by double digits, say that they came out strong, shot the ball well, passed the ball well, et cetera, et cetera. But I am sort of an irrational believer in sports karma, sports juju, however you want to call it. And for me, when I see championship teams, they go through adversity in many different forms during the season they make their mistakes during the season so that when the playoff playoffs or in this case the tournament comes they've experienced just about every single scenario this is the doctor strange one in however many iterations moment right you want to be able to make sure that these guys are ready for everything and uh, a test like this is great in the sense that you kind of see okay you in a while you are coming as close as you can to losing what can you do and they pulled out the win they got contributions off the bench they made their free throws made buckets when it counted and here we are 21 and 0 so i think this road even though as a fan it might be a little bit more stressful i don't necessarily would one at the assets to just blow out all the teams and then walk into the tournament thinking they can do the same. And then they face whether it's a rising mid major like Dayton or, you know, a powerhouse by name, like a Kentucky and just assume that it's going to be the same, which it never is. Uh, so I think this is great. Um, I made a note here that I'm reading, you know, I would expect them to stay at number four and the rankings came out today. Uh, as we're recording this on a on a Monday night, they are staying at number four, and I believe the Kansas, who's ranked third, played again today, and they destroyed whoever they were playing. Can't remember off the top of my head, so um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, coming up, they're going to New Mexico on Wednesday, the 29th. Jaquan Lyle uh, on the Lobos, averaging just a shade over 17 points per game, is the fourth leading scorer in the conference. And so if they can shut Hunter Maldonado down, who's just right below him in the standings of scoring, then by all means, it should be possible to um, have some similar effect to Jaquan. But we'll see. Every game is different. And a very, very huge test on Saturday against Utah State. I mean, these guys are going to look for revenge. You know, when we played them at Utah, there were... A lot of moments in that game also that 
you kind of got the sense, oh, is this the game that San Diego State loses? And you watching that first matchup, you got the sense that Utah State genuinely believed that they can beat these Aztecs. And that if you played the game 10 times, it's going to go, you know, in their favor majority of the time. And they played with a confidence and a poise that you see in, in, um, gosh, how am I trying to put this? It, it's just a confidence and a poise that you see in a very solid and very good team. And I expect the Utes to come out guns ablazing, ready for revenge. I mean, there's only eight games left in the regular season, including these two games coming up. So, you know, this is the crunch time. This is everybody fighting for uh, their last chance at the big dance. You know, with conference play, if you're not in the top two, you're going to play in the first day. And now you have to work with seeding to try and get matchups. And you want to be able to catch a winning streak at the right time. And I know that that's what all the teams are going to do. I think Malachi said it after the this uh, UNLV game that they understand that with very few games left, this is the second go around. Now you're going to get not just everyone's best, but it's going to be combined with game film and strategies from the last time and tendencies that they picked up. Maybe they miss in the first scouting. It's going to continue to get more and more difficult. At this home stretch, it almost doesn't matter where the opponent's conference record is because unless they're historically bad or historically good, it almost doesn't matter. And I don't want these guys to think that they're on the historically good side and just think that anything can happen because with mid-majors, you know, the downside is the losses matter a lot. And so if, the, if you lose to a, t- a team in conference play and um, a Big Ten school, ACC school, somebody who's right below you in your standings or in the AP top 25 win, I, it's hard for me to think that the voters and the coaches won't reshuffle the the order. So, you know, it's just pressure from a lot of places, pressure from opposing teams that'll try to bring out the best plus game film pressure from within to try and continue and build good habits pressure from the NCAA and the, and literally every other college team in the country that you know, that the eyes are on you. You're the last remaining undefeated team. There's a lot of hubbub about net ratings and all these advanced analytics about how the assets deserve to do this and do that. And if you're uh, an opposing school who's ranked 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, or whatever, you're looking at San Diego State being like, well, you know, what? Well, who are you? What's this about? This is just a one-year thing. We'll see you in the big dance. You know, and in years past, you see a lot of 11 seeds, 12 seeds making noise, upsetting. I mean, just two years ago, you had number one seed losing to a 16 seed for the first time. College basketball, what makes it so special and also what makes it so concerning for Aztec fans at this point is just the idea that any game can be won by any team at any time. So 
Um, I'm not trying to scare away fans and, and for everybody to start all of a sudden being pessimistic. It's just a tempered hope and a tempered optimism that I'm, I'm asking for or that I think we should kind of approach the situation with. So we'll see. Um, I'm excited. I mean, it's this, it's Super Bowl weekend, PS Go Niners. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be a good sports week if you're an Aztec fan and if you're just a sports fan in general. Uh, and in the past episode, I kind of alluded to my thoughts about the whole Kobe thing. And, um, you know, uh, if you feel that right now, it, it just, the energy is just a little different and the vibes are just a little different. You know, just know that I'm with you and things are, things are going to continue to progress and we just got to keep that Mamba mentality forever. Um, yep. So if you enjoy the show, please rate and subscribe us or sorry, subscribe to us. I don't even know how to say that really on the verbs. Um, Anyway, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. We're available wherever podcasts can be found. You can find us on Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Uh, my Instagram handle is at N-A-S-G-N-A-K. Nancy, Albert, Sam, Gerald, Nancy, Albert, Kelly. I don't know. I'm sorry. I messed that up. I just was thinking of names at the top of my head. Um, but if you're interested in advertising in the show, Please reach out to us at Believe.com and uh, we'll see you. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Go Aztecs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.